0: Episode 121 of The State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on June 12th, 2023. It's The State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, I'll talk about the big news that Broadsword will be taking over development for Star Wars The Old Republic and what that might mean for the future of the game. Also this week, Game Update 7.3 is going live. It has a new story, new flashpoint, changes to the economy and gear currencies, and much, much more. And with that, it's time to make the jump to lightspeed. And cue the moron. Welcome to episode 121 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have a great show lined up for you today. Now, in any other given week, the big news of the day, perhaps the only news of the day, would be that Game Update 7.3 is going live. But as you are all aware... Last week was anything but a normal week for Star Wars The Old Republic. Without further ado, let's talk about the bantha in the room and the news that Bioware will no longer be the developers for Star Wars The Old Republic. On Tuesday, June 6th, the SWOTOR community was hit with the bombshell news that EA was in talks to hand over the development of Star Wars The Old Republic to a third-party developer called Broadsword. This news was reported in an article by IGN, and at first glance, it seemed to fall into the realm of crazy rumor. Well, not long after the article was published, it was updated with an official statement from EA, which read... Almost 12 years after launch, Star Wars The Old Republic remains a success and continues to grow its dedicated and passionate community. We're so proud of the work the team has done, and the future of the game and community continues to be very bright. We're evaluating how we give the game and the team the best opportunity to grow and evolve, which includes conversations with Broadsword, a boutique studio that specializes in delivering online, community-driven experiences. Our goal is to do what is best for the game and its players. So it didn't take long for this to move from crazy rumor to, oh my god, this is actually happening. And in fact, later that day, Keith Canig posted his own update on the official SWOTOR forums where he wrote, No doubt you've read the report that Electronic Arts is evaluating opportunities to give the game and the team a new home, which includes conversations with Broadsword. Unfortunately, we can't answer any questions you may have at this time. Game Update 7.3's June release will remain unchanged, and patch notes will be released a day before per usual. All future content updates are also moving forward as planned, including 7.3.1 and 7.4. We are looking forward to the future of Star Wars The Old Republic and its continued growth. In fact, Keith had to come back and reassure everyone that things are okay. Keith went on to write, Whoa, whoa, everyone. I was hoping me telling you about the upcoming releases would help you understand this is a new beginning, not the end. We have more stories, modernizations, and MMO content already being planned out beyond 7.4. While details are being discussed and finalized behind the scenes, let's not spin this into incorrect theories. I am asking you to hang tight, and we'll follow up later with more details when we can. Now, I'm not normally a sky is falling kind of guy, but when I read this news, I thought I saw a piece of cloud hit my desk. It was probably just a dust bunny. And even Keith's post had a Zerka Corporation kind of feel to it. This is Director Antean to all Zerka employees. Please listen and remain calm. A few minutes ago, we experienced a minor equipment failure in the main laboratory. As a precaution, we are initiating lockdown procedures. Do not attempt to override the system so the computers will respond with force. Stay where you are, and you'll be alerted when the situation resolves. Please note that this does not affect our division's overall schedule. To be fair to all of us out there... Without any details, all we can do is speculate, and it's difficult to be upbeat here. Best case scenario is that they're just changing the signs on the door. Wherever it said Bioware, it will now say Broadsword. But even if that's all that's happening, it's not good. The sky may not be falling, but it's not good. It's the old cliche, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if things are truly okay then what we have here is a solution looking for a problem. I think the biggest impact here is on BioWare and the folks that are currently charged with developing this game. Because according to the IGN article, currently roughly 70 to 80 people are part of the core development team of the Old Republic, more than half of whom are expected to move to Broadsword. Those remaining with EA would have an opportunity to look for roles elsewhere within the company, but may otherwise face layoffs. So, some will move to Broadsword, some will stay where they are, and some people might move on elsewhere. It's disruptive, it's stressful, and probably a bit sad. And I think it will slow down development of the game as they go through this transition. I don't think it means the end of Star Wars The Old Republic. If EA wanted to pull the plug on the game they would just pull the plug on the game. In fact, the IGN article mentions that EA will still be the publisher of the game, which means they will continue to support it in some fashion. And if you're maybe looking for a bright spot here, Broadsword is in the MMO business and could be poised to look at SWOTOR's creative process through that lens. That said, I wouldn't expect to see their influence on the game's creative direction for quite some time, Keith mentioned that the team is moving ahead with game updates 7.3.1 and 7.4 and that they're even looking beyond that. I would imagine that the team, even under Broadsword, would get the green light to carry on with their current plans and that Broadsword might not make their imprint on the game until we're ready for an expansion. Bottom line, I don't think the sky is falling, nor do I know if this will be a smooth and seamless transition What I do know is the game is poised to go on and I really need to clean my desk. While there may be a lot of uncertainty surrounding the transition of Swotor to Broadsword, one thing that we know is a lock is that 7.3 is going live on June 13th. The core features of this update are continuation of the story, a new flashpoint called the Shrine of Silence, more changes to the economy, and some things to make the gear progression a little simpler. Let's start with what I'm looking forward to the most, and that's the story, Old Wounds. Every time we learn something about Darth Null, it adds more pieces to the puzzle. But whatever is to come from this, it is you who will choose the fate of us all. You are right to come begging for answers. minor spoiler alert, if you haven't played any of the Legacy of the Sith story, it's hard to talk about Old Wounds without mentioning some of the things that came before it, which is exactly what I'm going to do. And with that, Old Wounds is circling back to the story that began in Legacy of the Sith. I know I haven't talked about the story in any great detail, but I do like the way they've tied together the Mandalorian story with the main story. That came together in Showdown on Runic, and now it will continue as one larger story with the main focus shifting back to Darth Malgus and Darth Knoll. We're going to see Darth Rivix and Tal Ider likely together, and I hope we finally learn something about Darth Rivix. He's been shrouded in mystery for far too long now. I honestly don't think we'll get that payoff in this chapter, but it is long overdue. Another character that will fit prominently into this story is Ray, and in fact will be headed back to Voss. And Voss will become a small daily area, not as big as Runic, but with side missions, its own bit of story, and some things to do there. The story will also be told through standard missions, similar to what we saw in game update 7.2. There is a new flashpoint, but it is not tied to the story. In this Flashpoint, players will team up with one Voss commando to rescue two mystics who disappeared in the perilous ruins of a place called the Shrine of Silence, and you can just run it without any prerequisites. Because according to Bioware, Shrine of Silence marks a shift in our philosophy around how and where we deliver Crypt Path storylines and our intent for Flashpoints to be a place for engaging, repeatable content. Shrine of Silence has narrative relevance to, to Vos's and the events happening around 7.3. However, it is not directly a part of the crit path like you have seen in our flashpoints in the last few years. For that reason, there is no solo story version of Shrine of Silence. The only cut for the flashpoint is a single wrapper mission, which is a KOTOR style scene that you can get before you go into the flashpoint. Now, I do want to point out that there will be a solo mode for the flashpoint. They refer to it as story mode. Uh, When it comes to flashpoints, the game has four modes. Solo story, which is a version tied to the story. And then there's story, which is this easy difficulty that you do solo. And then we have our veteran and master modes. Now, 7.3 will also introduce some more changes to the economy. There are three major changes happening. First, transferring credits between players through mail or direct trade is subject to a fee of 8% of the credits being transferred, paid by the sender. The transfer of some high-value items through mail or direct trade is subject to a credit fee based on its value paid by the sender. These fees don't apply when sending to characters on the same account, and they've removed the tax evasion guild perk from the guild perk rotation. Now, it's important to note that these changes are part of an ongoing set of changes. When these changes were announced for the 7.3 public test server, Bioware stated These changes are largely motivated around reducing GTN tax avoidance and adjusting credit inflow from item sales. However, we've got a suite of changes that rely on these coming in our next phase, which I'm going to reveal a little bit earlier as there will be further adjustments to these numbers as a result. These changes are largely motivated around reducing GTN tax avoidance and adjusting credit inflow from item sales. However, we've got a suite of changes that rely on these coming in our next phase. BioWare is looking to overhaul the GTN in a future update, and they said when this overhaul happens, we're going to be converting the GTN commission fee to a progressive tax starting lower than our current fees, but reaching a higher threshold than our current fees. The exact numbers will be released at a later time, but the transaction fees implemented in Secure Trade, Mail, and COD are a flat tax meant to mirror the highest bracket in the GTN to encourage using the network. Whenever taxes are updated in the GTN, those changes will be applied accordingly here as well. So keep in mind, these changes that are happening in 7.3 are just part of an ongoing series of changes. And continuing on with the discussion of fake money, there are some changes coming to gear currency, Daily resource matrices will be removed from the game and replaced by conquest accommodations at an equal value. In other words, one for one. Additionally, commendations awarded from group finder's role in need will be increased to 15, up from 5. They're increasing the weekly cap of conquest accommodations to 6,000. This is up from 2,500. And the total cap is being increased to 4,000, up from 2,500. They've increased the weekly cap of the FP1 stabilizers to 3,000 up from 1,200. And they've increased the weekly cap of WZ1 accelerant to 2,000 up from 1,200. And for the operations currency, the OP1 catalyst, it too is getting increased to 2,000 up from 1,200. And the currencies required to upgrade the gear have been adjusted to reduce the number of currencies needed to do that. So for conquest gear, if you just wanna purchase a piece of gear, you'll need conquest accommodations and credits. If you wanna upgrade that piece of gear, you will need the previous piece of gear, conquest accommodations and credits. For the Flashpoint gear vendor, you will just need Flashpoint stabilizers and credits to purchase the gear. And then you will need the gear piece, the Flashpoint stabilizers and credits to upgrade the gear. For the operations vendor, You'll need operations catalyst and credits to purchase gear. And like everything else, you'll need the previous gear, the operation catalyst, and credits if you want to upgrade it. And PVP, of course, is going to work exactly the same way. Only you'll need PVP accelerator and credits to buy the gear. And then the gear, the PVP accelerants and credits to upgrade it. And then regarding the legendary implant vendor, you will need conquest combinations, tech fragments and credits to purchase the gear. And then it says here you'll just need conquest, combinations, tech fragments, and credits to upgrade the gear. Didn't say that you need the prior piece of gear. I don't know if that's a typo or an actual change. All in all, though, some nice quality of life changes for managing gear currencies and buying the gear. I don't believe that 7.3 is going to offer an increase to the overall power of the gear. I think it's going to stay where it is. Maybe we'll see a change in a future update, but that is not happening In this update. 7.3 is also bringing a whole slew of combat style changes. They are far too numerous for me to go over, but they are detailed in the patch notes, so I encourage you to go over to SWOTOR.com, look up the patch notes, and read about all the changes to the various combat styles, as there is a lot going on there. And there are also just a lot of random updates to be found. Some of the more interesting ones include... Upon joining a guild, players will not have access to the guild bank until they have been in the guild for 30 days. So if you want to rob the bank, you're going to have to wait a month. Class buffs are no longer removed from companions after transitioning to another location. I didn't know that was a thing. They've added resource nodes to Ruinic. Thank you for that. I didn't understand why they didn't do that in the first place. It seemed like a a smart thing to do. Uh, they've removed the mouse droid sounds when loading into the character selection window. I kind of like that. I don't know. when I think they added that in 7.2. I did notice it, and I don't know. That thought it was kind of neat. Players can no longer accept trades that would place them over the credit cap. Uh, when using the world map's magnify cursor, the XY positions will now report the correct coordinates and they fixed the size of the map icons on the overlay map. That was something that I noticed and was really kind of annoyed by. Uh, they've increased the single lightsaber companion damage by 6%. Didn't know that was an issue. Uh, let's see. The Heroic 2 Plus Possessed Hunter mission on Dromun will now progress the Heroic mission's achievement. And speaking of Heroic 2 Plus missions, one patch note I did not read is... Decrease the spawn time of the Black Sun NPCs for the mission Face the Merchants on Coruscant. Seriously, those packs of NPCs take five minutes to respawn. I sat there and timed it. It's an unnecessary bottleneck. Those NPCs are needed to, one, get the passkey and are part of a side mission. So I really hope that Bioware looks to address that at some point. And finally, two other items of note. The Narshadon Nightlife event begins on July 11th and will end on August 22nd. And PvP Season 3, Reign of Glory, will begin on July 18th. Game Update 7.3, Old Wounds, launches on June 13th. I don't have anything else for today, not that I don't have more that I want to talk about, but I'm getting ready to leave the country for almost two weeks. It'll practically be July before I can really sink my teeth into game update 7.3. And then I'll be back for a short while in July and then away until almost the middle of August. Once August hits, things should stabilize and I'll be in one place for a good long stretch. I do want to cover the story in detail May not be able to do it until I'm done with all this traveling. Before that, I hope to at least talk about Galactic Seasons for Daily Areas and a few other things related to Legacy of the Sith, which looks like it's going to be a long expansion. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the Sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour or close to it. Listening to episode 121 of the State of the Old Republic podcast, I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on Buzzsprout and iTunes, wherever else you find your podcasts. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Until next time, remember the Sith Code hate is a lot.